Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope next prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EVT is out here podcasting, question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them, question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them, Padres EVT podcast, Padres EVT podcast. Welcome folks, uh, this is the East Village Times podcast uh, with episode 101. Uh, I think I've changed up my intro, I'm not going to go with the old intro anymore for those of you who've uh, expressed some concern over it, uh, but this special podcast is entitled the Handless Padres Podcast, and lucky you, we are recording back-to-back days after a month hiatus, which is a miracle in itself. Uh, what is going on, Patrick? How are you doing? Uh, pretty eventful uh, morning for Padre fans. Uh, let me get your immediate thoughts on, on the trade, because I know you are pretty passionate about uh, the Mejia hand trade. So first off, what's going on, Patrick? And then... Uh, Give me some. Give me some action on the, on the trade. Honestly, I think I'm pretty pissed. Um, for me, it's it's just another another case of the Padres trading away an all star player. I mean, you look throughout their history, and it's just been good player after good player that's been shipped out. I mean, you look at like a couple years ago, they traded Fernando Rodney. I mean, he was at the top of his game. ERA under one. Um, Drew Pomerantz, looking like a Cy Young candidate, was was kind of on his way out. So. Honestly, I'm pissed. The Padres have kind of lost it for me a bit, and I, I'm not sure I can be a fan anymore, James. Yeah, Jed Jerko is given away as well. I mean, there's... there's just so much talent. I mean, look at all these guys. They're, they've all been all-stars. Um, they're winning awards. Uh, some of them are winning World Series championships, and the Padres are stuck <laughs> losing, and I'm yeah. tired of it. All, all we got is these worthless prospects. I mean, what, three now in the top 15? Like, what, prospects are useless. That, Honestly, that, like, yeah. they're nothing. They've done nothing. They've proven nothing. I, yeah, I bet you these three guys don't even make it to the major leagues. I mean, they're, they're just, you know, they're just lottery tickets. So, I mean, um, Mejia's probably going to bust. I mean, they'll probably trade him for Adam Jones. Um, yeah, just, oh, there you go. It's just, there that, you that's go. actually a pretty good idea, the actually. Adam Jones, oh, yeah, Adam Jones is a proven talent. I mean, the, the Orioles don't like those, they don't like those Latin players, but. Yeah, that, that's we'll a proven to, talent right there. So we'll have to throw in Kirby Yates or something to even that out as well. Or, or Will Myers. Uh, I mean, you know, Will Myers is kind of um, he's been playing, playing playing pretty well. So I mean, knowing the Padres, they'll probably trade him away, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we'd have to eat eighty percent of the salary, but you know that's a story in itself. Uh, if you don't can't tell already, folks, I think Patrick pretty much blew it when he mentioned Fernando Rodney. But we're kidding and extremely excited with the return in the bread hand. Uh, trade. I'll let you go ahead and start it off since uh, <laughs> this uh, this little trickery right here was your brainchild. Uh, give me some thoughts on Francisco Mejia, switch hitting catcher, outfielder, twenty two years old. Oh my gosh! Give me some thoughts on this on this young man and, and the trade itself. Yeah, I mean, I gotta give a shout out to the five point five guys. Um, that's a bit they've done before. <laughs> Thought it'd be funny in this case because there actually was people saying pretty much what I just said. So pretty hilarious that people actually think that this is wait wait a minute you you there were people that were upset over yeah 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 that we that we dealt him or that we didn't get enough or 
I swear that one of the first comments I saw was like the Padres always trade away all stars. Blah blah blah. <laughs> wow. Well, you know that's probably from a season ticket holder, and I can definitely feel their pain. But I get it. You I, know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to tell people not to be season ticket holders because that's definitely a lifeblood of the system, and it helps helps everything progress. But if you're expecting anything different from this team this year and last year, then you were just kidding yourself. It's all about the future, and, and I mean. Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about Mejia. I mean, what, I mean, what a bat on the switch hitting catcher. I mean, let, let's 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 gush a little about about this young man. Yeah. So I mean, Mejia's obviously was from the Indians organization. Uh, just twenty two years old. Um, I think the big thing that's kind of been in the news with him is that the Indians weren't sure he could be a catcher, and it, and they were ready to get him, I think, in the lineup. They wanted him on the roster every day in the big leagues, uh, but they didn't think the catcher was right for him. They have two very good catchers, both very heralded defensively. Um, they obviously have a very a very good pitching staff, a veteran pitching staff, so obviously that dynamic is important. As we know with Austin Hedges, having that catcher build that relationship with pitchers is obviously critical. So I think the big takeaway here is a lot of people are concerned that Mejia cannot catch long-term, but I think from the scouts I've listen to and talk to, I think the key is that he's, he's not, it's not that he can't catch long-term, it's just that there are some doubts currently about his skill set, and there needs to be refinement and development. So it's not that he cannot catch, it's just that he's not really there yet, and the bat is well above where the glove is in terms of big league preparation. Um, I mean, the guy's got probably a future 60-hit tool, um, game power probably going to be like 50, raw power is 55, um, his arm is, is some say an 80, some say a 75, so that's yeah, about as good yeah. as it gets. Um, the arm is a cannon. I mean, if you've seen him yeah. if you've seen him at all behind the plate, it's, it's obscene the way he throws the ball. Um, the big concern is the receiving skills aren't quite there yet, um, but I think there has been positive development there. Um, on the flip side of that, um, it's kind of taken him some time because he is a smaller guy. He's 5'10", and they listed at 180, so most catchers are a little bit taller, a little bit bulkier. Um, so he's got kind of on the small side for catchers, and obviously catching is not an easy job. You take a beating. Um, so that's another kind of consideration, another bit of a worry for people about him catching long term. Well, I, I mean, with the catching depth in this farm system that the Padres have, I don't necessarily think that we have to – he has to be a catcher. I mean, let's talk about some other possibilities. He played third in the Arizona Fall League uh, this past year. I don't know if that was – the Indians wanting him to experiment there or if they wanted to rest his legs a little bit, being that he was young and caught uh, a, a good bulk load of, of time in the minor league system that year. But, you know, the arm is there. He has the arm. Will he be able to get the footwork and the proper technique to be able to play third? Because that's, I mean, a switch hitting third baseman, that's pretty valuable. And quite honestly, third base is a issue for the Padres or a question mark for the Padres long term. Yeah, so I think that's obviously the flip side of it is that the Padres don't have a third baseman, so if somehow Mejia can pass there, that would obviously be a good scenario. Um, yeah, yeah. That would there's be. a reason why I don't want that to happen. I, I want to talk about that later on in the podcast. Okay, okay, um, okay. Before we get to that, I still think he's a catcher. I think he has the capability of being a catcher. The issue here is that the Padres still believe in Austin Hedges. As much as some fans maybe don't, and I get it, he hasn't been, well, he hasn't been performing well at the plate. Um, his defense has obviously been stellar. Um, so really, you think about him being kind of the inverse of Mejia, and I think we say this a lot about Austin Allen, um, but for those who want to compare Austin Allen to Mejia, Austin Allen is 24 years old and still in double-A, and he's yeah. obviously performing well, 
Um, but you don't really compare that kind of player to a 21-year-old, 22-year-old who's already kind of been in AAA. Um, he's already been in the big leagues. Um, he is obviously a much better prospect than Alan. I think that's obvious. Yes. I mean, Alan's not wait, a top hundred prospect. Where did, where did this comparison come from? Is oh, I've just seen people on Twitter mention like where oh, they. Yeah. No, it's just a, it's just kind of a. I mean, it's not saying they're similar in value. It's just saying like how does he compare in terms of okay, long, okay, long term? Okay. I mean, you have these catchers now in a lineup. I mean, you have Hedges, you have Mejia, Allen's yeah. probably knocking on the door. You look further down, you have. Uh, Hunt and Capusano and Torrens. I mean, there's lots of catching depth now. The Padres had pretty much no catching depth. What was it? Yeah. A, year, a year ago, I mean, they had Hedges and really nothing else. Allen wasn't really breaking out yet. Um, Hunt and Capusano were drafted. They had, they had AAA uh, all-star Christian Bentoncourt. Yeah, they had Bentoncourt, and that's pretty much it. So now it seems like... And if you throw in guys like Brett Nicholas, uh, Rafi Lopez, AJ Ellis, guys who aren't starting catchers but are like kind of quad A, big league backup depth, yeah, they can catch. This team has a lot of depth at the catching position, which is good to have because around the league, that can be a hot commodity. Um, so kind of back to Mejia, though. I still think, even if he's not a great defensive catcher, I've, I've heard somewhat Gary Sanchez comps um, in terms of his offensive profile, and Gary Sanchez obviously has some issues behind the plate that he's still kind of working through. He's not known as the best framer. He makes some mistakes with you know balls in the dirt. Um, so if Mejia can be that kind of hitter, that still plays. I mean, there's not a team in baseball who would not take Gary Sanchez right now in a trade, given, obviously, a price, a right price. Um, so there's yeah. not a team that wouldn't take him. So on that side of it, I think that's a pretty good comp in terms of, like, if that's the outcome, that's great. I don't necessarily see that as the outcome because there's a lot of variability there. Um, Mejia's got some issues with the swing. Um, he's known to be very aggressive. The swing can get yeah. long. But, I mean, he's got pretty much elite, like, Elite bat speed, um, kind of great feel for hitting. Um, every kind of scout I've heard from is just raved about the hitting ability. Um, obviously, you look on Twitter, and there's lots of scouts, lots of national writers mentioning kind of what a good get this is for the Padres. I mean, I think it's really one of those rare trades where I think it's fair for both teams. There's not really a winner or loser in my eyes. I mean, the Indians got their controllable relief pitchers that they wanted. The Padres got their top 20 prospect that they obviously coveted. So I think on both sides of the coin, it's a, it's a great deal. And I'm really curious to see how Mejia acclimates to El Paso. He's going to start in El Paso. It seems like they're they're wanting to catch him at least the majority of the time. So it will be interesting to see if they do you know, start him at third once a week or if he's doing extra work in the field before games. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how that aspect of it's going to play out. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to do a lot of evaluation of his catching skills and you might see him play an occasional spot here or there uh, defensively just to see what he has. I think that the team is pretty familiar with who he is. They've, they've probably been scouting him for a while, and they know who, who what he's capable of. But seeing it in your own system and seeing it under your own coaching and your own uh, style of play will be detrimental to, to where he plays and what he plays. But it, it's exciting. I mean, Francisco Mejia is going to be a – at least an average major league hitter. I mean, he has that type of bat. A switch hitter with the ability that he has. Uh, the Padres will find a place for him defensively when it's all said and done. Players like that that hit like that and, and that have sneaky power and developing power and have, and have exhibited at a young age will will play on a, on, a, on a major league team. They will find a place for him. So uh, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where he surfaces. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if he can end up at third or, or if that's where he ultimately goes. Um, but like you say, I think they want him to be a catcher. They want him to 
develop his skill that way. And then we'll have to see if Andy Green later on down down the line utilizes utilizes him in, in left or or somewhere else. But uh, it's interesting. But let, let's give a little love to Brad Hand, who you know the team brought on as a waiver wire claim from from Miami. And I mean, could there be a, a better success story for this team? I mean, he finishes his career uh, three years with the team with a nine and twelve record, uh, two point six six ERA, one point zero three eight WHIP in one hundred ninety five games, saving forty six ball games. I mean, that's uh, it's pretty impressive that they were able to obtain him basically from uh, the dumpster, wouldn't you say, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, it's just another another success story in the Padres bullpen. Um, obviously, you look at. The guys they haven't traded that are still there are also success stories. I mean, Kirby Yates, Craig Stanton. Yeah. I mean, Phil Maton was drafted late rounds, a guy that no one really thought anything of, and now he's looking like a... Honestly, I think he's a future closer if he can kind of work out some kinks. Um, there's several other arms they have down in the system who are guys that I think you can quickly fill in. Um, I talked a bit to uh, Casey Bogusaw, my old my old podcast partner on a different podcast. Um, we talked a little about, he's like, kind of how how do you feel about this trade kind of what do you see with this team um and i said those are the kind of moves they need to make they need to trade these relief pieces because with the way the potters have operated the last 10 years um their bullpen is very expendable and what i mean by that is that they always seem to replace them it's constant it's just a constant kind of influx of new talent it seems like every year you name the closers they've had for the last you know since trevor hoffman retired i mean they've had like so many good closers i mean heath bell Luke Gregerson, I mean, Clay yeah, Meredith yeah. was there for a while, coming out of nowhere. Um, Fernando Rodney, you can just keep going down a list of guys they've either found from the scrap heap or, you know, veterans they gave second chances to that kind of showed what they were worth. And you see, like, they traded Fernando Rodney for Chris Paddock, which is just an absolute steal. Brad Hand and Simber now for Mejia. And on, on the Simber side of it, I'm obviously sad to see him go. He was definitely one of my favorite uh, guys to watch this year since, I mean, the, the weird motion and... Obviously, it was fun with the the uh, Kesha song they played. So, I mean, it was a good good to see him get his chance at the big leagues and obviously see success. So, with those two guys, I, I hope them nothing but the best. Um, I will honestly say, come playoff time, I'm an Indians fan. Uh, I'm rooting for them to get to the World yeah. Series. I would yeah. love for Hand and Simber to get a ring. I mean, if they can't get a ring with the Padres, I think that's the next, next best thing. So, I will definitely be jumping on the Indians bandwagon. Um, nobody give me a hard time for being a fan of a different team because... It's the playoffs, and the Padres will not be there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it's interesting that you brought up uh, the minor league system and, and the depth that they do have in, in relief options. Uh, they they really do. I mean, they have Winchester, who's who's very close. Uh, Robert Stock, who's been up with the team a little bit, he, he'll probably be up uh, eventually. Uh, then there's names like Brad Wick, who was on the forty man roster. Uh, spent some time in the spring with the team, you know, six foot nine left-handed pitcher that throws in the upper nineties. Uh, I would expect to see him soon. He might actually be called up in the next couple of days. I, I, I'm, I have a feeling about that. I saw that he was promoted to AAA uh, this week. Uh, he's someone, like I say, is already on the forty man. We'll have to see. Someone has to replace his uh, hand and Simmer the bullpen. Um, there's there's Eric Yardley down there. If you want to replace uh, Adam Simber and his funky sidearm delivery, uh, Yardley is similar. He's uh, you know he doesn't have the speed that Adam Simber does, but he's uh, a little bit more funkier than than him, if you will. Uh, there's Rowan Wick down there, Kyle McGrath down there, Jonathan Aro, Colton Brewer, Patrick Kinhood is is down there as well, and, and then down the line. You have names like Andres Munoz. You have names like Trey Winch. Oh, I said Winch, did I? Uh, you have names like Dylan Coleman, who's uh, 
starting who was drafted this year and is in Fort Wayne, who's throwing upper nineties gas and it looks like he's gonna be a high leverage reliever in, in the major leagues. And I'm willing to say that right now that I think Coleman might be the first major leaguer uh, from the 2017 draft or 2018 draft to hit the major leagues, and I'm thinking he might do that at the beginning of next season. But that's just me making a, a little bit of a prediction out there. Uh, the Padres have depth in the minor league system; we know that. So, Brad Hand, it, it's sad to see him go, but it, you know, we have depth. Yeah, they could trade Yates and Salmon and still have enough guys to exactly. fill those holes. I mean, I exactly. wouldn't be surprised if they call up stock. Um, as you mentioned, there's a couple other guys like Colton Brewer is hanging around. He's on the 40 man. Um, yep, you have yep. who else did we talk about? Um, so stock, on the 40 man, Wick is, is yeah. Is Wick's one on the 40 man stock. But, but Winchester's really close, or he's supposedly been Winchester's really close. the guy who they need to put on the 40 man because he's eligible for the Rule Five after the yes, year. So I wouldn't exactly. be surprised if they place him on the 40 man. Now that they have the, I mean, they only have one open spot because obviously Mejia takes one of the two. Um, so uh-huh. I'm interested to see because Stock's already on the 40 man. So I would be I would I wouldn't be surprised if Wingenter is the guy they do, or maybe they wait later in the year and kind of clear up that a bit. So uh-huh. that kind of is a nice I think segue. We wanted to talk a little about 40 man. Um, so there's kind of some obvious guys who are eligible, and then some less obvious guys. So I kind of want to talk about the obvious ones first, and then we'll kind of work our way down the list a bit. That's cool. Okay. Too. Let's um, go for it. So I think the obvious one that's going to have to be in the 40 man is Luis Arias. Because yeah. he's, he's eligible for the Rule 5 draft, and there is no way in hell that the Padres are going to let him be drafted by another team. So that's yeah. obvious. Done deal there. Um, beyond that, there's also some interesting names. Obviously, I mentioned Wingenter. He's a guy they could kind of possibly protect, although it's always dicey protecting a reliever. It's like, do you really want to waste a spot on a reliever when you have maybe other guys who are more valuable to you? But definitely something to consider. I believe Chris Paddock is also eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Um, yes, yeah, he is. He and needs I to think be Anderson Espinosa would be another one. Yeah, there's interesting names. Oliveris. And, yeah, those are like and, the obvious ones. Then you get Pontabasat, you got like yeah, Genter, Brett Kennedy, Michael Geddes, Austin Allen, Edward Oliveris, Pedro Avila. Beyond that, guys like Ty France, Brad Zunica, Gerardo Reyes, guys lower in the system who. Those are the, probably the guys that don't get protected. Um, yeah, so yeah. Honestly, I think there, there could be at least four to five, six guys protected here. I mean, obviously Urias, Espinosa, Paddock, definitely those three. Wingenter, probably. I think Brett yeah. Kennedy is a guy who probably should be protected. I mean, I mean, I mean, if they have Colt Brewer protected, they might as well. Yeah, we can run down a list of guys that are currently on the 40-man. I mean, we have Colton Brewer. We yeah. have uh, Phil Hughes, a guy who I know some people are like in his Twitter game. Um, <laughs> Jordan Lyles is on the forty man. Uh, well, Hughes is, Hughes is, is a Hughes is a matter of they have to pay him next year, so yeah. they're not going to they're not going to cut him. Brian Mitchell, he, same he case. Him. Um, Walker Lockett's a guy who doesn't he doesn't seem like he really got a chance yet. Um, Brad Wicks yeah. on there. We have five catchers on the forty man, so I would not be surprised if Rafi Lopez is shown the door. Don't forget your boy Jose Perella. My boy Jose Perella should probably be dumped somewhere. Javi Guerra's a guy who's on the 40-man, and it's like, it doesn't seem like he's getting any better. I, I don't really know if he's, what's going on there. Alan Cordoba, who's still, he's he's back now, right? Is he playing in the AZL, I want to say? No, he's in Lake Elsinore. I've seen him a couple times. He looks, he's looked pretty well. He's looked pretty good at shortstop. I've seen him at shortstop, and I've seen him make Is he actually really... playing, or is he still, like, rehabbing? 
No, he's well. He's playing. I don't know if he's on or in rehab. No, I think they they sent him the outright to Lake Elsinore. He's he's playing there and playing there pretty pretty steadily in the bottom half of the lineup. But I've seen two or three games with him, and he's played pretty well from what I've seen. He looks like he's getting his feet under him. Uh, he's still a little shaky with with uh, off speed stuff and and his his uh, approach at the plate. But I, I'm you know it's someone. It's another. Another addition to the system, like Miguel Diaz, like Torrance, who you can't really ask, uh, categorize as a prospect because of their year on the on the on the forty man or on the twenty five man roster. But those are three young players who are in the system, playing every day in the minor leagues, who also add to the fact that this prospect, uh, this farm system is just, I mean, overflowing with talent. It's amazing. It, it really is. Are we? Are we done with the forty man topic? Because I, I want to move on to trade talk. Because there's, it, I don't think we're done with with the trades with this team. I just wanted to hit one more thing. So for those who Go aren't really sure of how the the Rule Five draft works, um, pretty much how it works is if a player is signed when they're nineteen or older, and that's signed through the draft or signed internationally, um, they have to play in professional baseball for four years before they're eligible. So basically, what that means is any player drafted in 2015 or, or later, or I guess should say sooner, so 2014, 2013, so any player drafted in 2015 or earlier than that is eligible if they're not already on the 40-man. And then uh, for a player who is signed at 18, uh, they are eligible after five years. So that would include players drafted in 2014 if they were 18 when drafted. So I think we covered most of the big ones. I want to say Josh Naylor's... I don't think Josh... I think Josh Naylor... No, no, he's, he's he just turned 21, so he's still... Well, I think he was drafted in 15, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, so he's got one. I think he should have one more year. Although yeah, he should have one more year. Yeah. He should have one year, though. Yeah, so no, but, I mean, they have 40-man issues for sure, but they have a lot of They have a lot crap. of crap. Yeah, crap. I mean, we, we just went over, like, five, six word, guys. They have a lot of crap on them. Yeah, they have yeah. a lot of crap. There's, there's crap that can be removed. I think there's going to be a decision to be made about Jankowski, Renfro, and Reyes. I cannot see all three of those guys uh, surviving through the winter. Yeah, oh, and, and overall... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought we were talking in the next couple of days because, you know, before we started recording, you and I were talking about, uh, I'm, you know, I'm waiting to break that Framiel Reyes news again, that he's probably going to be DFA or DFA. He's probably going to be set back down because he needs at-bats. He needs consistent at-bats, and, and they're going to need pitching. So, um, there was, Naylor was drafted 2015, so he's got one more year. Yeah, he's, so he's, he's 18, good to go. He was 18 when he was drafted. Okay, so let's talk about the fact that this team is obviously stacked with talent. We have... Ten, count them. Ten prospects in the top 100, according to MLB Pipeline. I mean, hey, if you look at a, that's if amazing. At, if you look at 2080 Ball, they do a top 125, and they threw uh-huh. a, they threw in a story Ruiz at 125, so they have 11 okay. on there. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. I mean, you really can see that. And Weathers isn't even on that yet because they haven't included the new draft. So Weathers, I, I think there's probably at least half dozen guys who are on the cusp. I mean, Ruiz and Jason Rosario yeah. could blow up. Tirso Ornelas could blow up. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I had so high. Yeah, oh. guys like that, the guys like that all are just probably within a year. I, I was telling someone within a year. I think if only Arias gets called up, which and, and obviously Mejia, those are probably the two most likely to be off the forty man for sure, or actually uh-huh. say off the top hundred for sure in the next uh-huh. year. I mean. They could still have that's eight guys plus if they have another two or three added, they could still have ten or eleven next year at this time. Yeah, when, exactly. And then barring exactly. any other trades and development, I mean that's crazy that they have ten now, and most of those guys are probably still going to be on there next year. I mean, barring like Quantrill or Logan Allen kind of making a quick move to the majors, but I don't, I don't really see or Morahone or Baez. Um, yeah, I don't really see that oh. happening within a year. So that's pretty crazy. 
Yeah, it is. It really is. So with this ridiculous amount of depth, uh, let, let's talk. Let's get into some trade talk. Um, I think that the team is still exploring options with Kirby Yates, Stammen, obviously Tyson Ross, maybe an outfielder if a team pays the price that they're they're willing to they're willing to move, maybe a Renfro or Jankowski or something like that. Um, but let's talk about the fact that there's reports that the Padres have been trolling around all the other teams looking for young, controllable talent, uh, valuable talent, players that are on the cusp of stardom or basically already stars. Is this team willing to make a trade where they're going to move prospects in order to obtain uh, a pitcher? Let's say a, a Noah Stendengard, uh Carlos Martinez, uh, Jacob deGrom, uh, uh, Fulmer from from the Tigers. Are, are they positioning themselves to make a little bit of a run, kind of like what A.J. Preller did in 2016? Uh, I don't think they're going to do it like that, but they have so much depth where they can lose – a starting pitcher or two that are highly valued. It's hard for me to throw out names of players because I, I know a lot of these players personally, but I don't – if they lose a Baez, if they lose a Quantrill, if they lose a, a, a you know, a Jacob Nix, is that going to be really hurtful if the return is a, an ace pitcher and a young ace pitcher that's controllable? So, so let's spitball on that a little bit, Patrick. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I know you're not the biggest trade rumor type of guy, but you've got to kind of read the – between the lines with the Padres, I've learned that over the years that you kind of got to interpret what they're doing. And to me, it seems like they're positioning themselves to make a little bit of a trade here or there and possibly move some of these prospects because we've already hit on the 40 man roster. They're going to have 40 man issues this year. They're going to have 40 man issues in the next year when all these waves of talent hit the major league. So give me your thoughts on everything that I kind of just threw at you right now. So I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say they should trade Will Myers for Adam Jones. I'm not going to get that crazy. But can we consider the possibility that maybe they acquired Mejia and now are going to use him as the centerpiece of a a, a bigger deal? That's not out of the realm of possibility. We said, oh, it'd be nice to get DeGrom, it'd be nice to get Syndergaard, but we'd have to give up Tatis or Gore. Now, is there a scenario now where since Mejia is about the same level of prospect, give or take, obviously there's some some take there with Tatis. I think Tatis is clearly better. Yeah, probably the yeah. same thing with Gore, but but you can he, argue Gore yeah. and Mejia have a If he's the value. headliner and you throw in maybe a Quantrill or a an Allen or dare I say a Paddock, if those two are the headliners, is that a deal that could get you a controllable starter? A guy like Syndergaard who's under control, I think three more years. Degrom mm-hmm. who has two more years. Chris Archer, I think he's got like four Archer, more years. yeah. There's um, a lot of names guys out like there, that, that. Michael Fulmer. Is that enough to get a, that kind of move Stroman done? The Blue Jays. Yep, there's a lot and of names flipping, like that. kind of flipping the flipping that a little bit. Is that a move that you would you'd be willing to make right now? You're asking me. It, it it all depends on the prospects, and it all it really does. And it and out of all those names, there's certain names that I like better than others. So I would say yes on certain, and I would say no on others. But I, it's tough. It really isn't. Say we call uh, Team A, and we can we can acquire a five win pitcher. A mm-hmm. player that's at that level, five to six win pitcher who's going to be under control for three or four years, and okay. the asking price is Mejia, uh, one of Allen and Quantrill, and then maybe another lower level prospect like I don't know, a top fifteen guy. So maybe you throw a Nix or Rosario or I don't know whoever else. Is that a move mm-hmm. you make right now, given where the Padres are at? Right now, no, not not for three years of control over a pitcher. For four, for five. 
for a, a pitcher who I think is still 25, 26, I, I'd be tempted. But then again, I would have to have something else in the works to make 2018 or 2019 a relevant season and to basically start this this mo- start the gears in motion that this team's going to compete. And they're not quite there yet. So, but we Preller's shown the ability to change gears. Quite quickly and acquire talent and move from obscurity to relevancy pretty fast. So he's capable of doing it. And this farm system is, I mean, we just spoke about 10, 12 players in the top 125 or or whatever. They can afford to lose key players. And and we're talking about this team dealing their prospects. Who else has a better value or a better understanding of the value of your players than the Padres themselves? So maybe there's a prospect who we mentioned who they're not exactly happy with the work ethic. They're not exactly happy with what they're putting in or they're not, you know, there's a lot of intangibles that we don't know behind the scenes that make players or prospects obtainable. I mean, look at Mejia. The Indians kind of soured a little bit on him and, and voila, we have a, a top 15 prospect. So I, I don't know. It, it's it's tough, but I think that they're at that point where, you know, I wouldn't expect anything in the next week because the trade deadline is coming so fast. But in the off season, if they're able to retool and if Tatis comes up in September and tears it up and looks like he's going to start the season in the majors and Urias plays well, then perhaps maybe they want to put in an ace in there and start this this adventure that we're going to be on as Padre fans, where this team's going to compete year in and year out, because they're not that far off from that. They really aren't. Yeah, I I wouldn't just. I guess I I was kind of raising the hypothetical. I would not make that move now, but uh-huh. I do think the Padres, as much as we say, oh, there's all these pitchers in the minor leagues. I do think they need that guy, that veteran, to kind of hold the staff yeah. together because yeah. there's. I don't think there's ever been a staff of just entirely young pitchers, entirely all coming together at the same time. So. Um, obviously, Lauer and Lucchese could be the veterans in a few years once those guys come along. You know, Baez, Morajon, Paddock, Allen, blah, 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 on and on. But I think that having that kind of ace of the staff, that kind of proven guy to go to, I don't think that's a bad idea. Now, no. I don't know if I would make the move with the guys I mentioned, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely at least worth giving the thought to. No, it's definitely worth entertaining. And then there's other variables that could possibly... Ha- I mean, we know A.J. Preller loves prospects, so maybe he digs deep and, and gets a lottery ticket from the other team. I mean, there's so much that could happen, but it, I don't know. This team seems to me to be structuring themselves towards uh, towards possibly making a move. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm excited over the media transi- transaction. So, um, I don't know. Talk to me, Patrick. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's going to be a consideration in the offseason that they're going to think of these bigger term moves, but um, obviously, in the short term, I think there's still stuff to be done. I think I would be I would I'd be surprised. I wouldn't I should say I wouldn't be surprised if Yates and Stammen, either one or both, are still traded. I think Tyson Ross has to go. There's really no reason to keep a guy like Ross who's on a one year deal. Um, he's making like pretty much league minimum. <clears throat> league minimum. So yeah, those kind of guys. I think they're they're going to get moved. And then you got to think about can you make can you move some of these spare parts? Like Robbie Erlin's a guy who you could get off the forty man moving out as a spare part. Um, yeah, and he probably would have some value somewhere to somebody. Um, as a, as a could you convince the, the team to? Could you convince the team to give you a bucket of baseballs for Jose Perella? Uh, nah, I think we're over that at, at this point. His, they just release him. I don't even know what they're waiting for at this point. It's it's, it's yeah, ridiculous. I, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna get going again. So I'll stop. Um, yeah. <laughs> who was it? Was that was that Leisure giving me a hard time about losing it about Perella? <laughs> well, I mean, we defended him. We defended him, and we felt. 
we felt betrayed by him by not hit, living up to his end of the bargain as far as our defense of him. But we've moved on. Uh, as a Padre fan, you have to do that. You have to turn the page really quickly. So, um, God, let's let's talk a little bit more about these prospects because it, it's just mind blowing when I go through the top thirty list. Uh, I think the mo- most mind blowing thing is that David Bednar still listed twenty seven on the top thirty prospect yeah, list. Man, there's <laughs> like guys like that who like they're not a slouch. No, but I mean, he's a, a he's not even a closer. He's a you know, I mean, he closes. He's a I, I don't want to crap on David Bender because I, I, I like him and he's a good pitcher. But I, it's just there, there's so much. The system is so deep. It's, it's just amazing. It's just it really is. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what uh, other tricks they have up their sleeve. Uh, I would imagine Ross would be dealt. I would imagine uh, Yates and Stammen would also have some value to some extent. But um We'll have to wait and see. Uh, anything we need to hit on uh, major league wise? Like we were we were on yesterday, basically. I wanted to touch on kind of we're talking forty man. We're talking about like long term plays. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about payroll and kind of where the Padres sit and what kind of wheeling and dealing. I think they could. Are, are we going to go Machado or what? I'm going to go Machado. Um, okay, I, me, I figured that's where we're going. Yeah. So the Padres payroll for next year is currently sitting at fifty three million. And that's mm-hmm. including um, uh, Hector Oliveira. They're still paying him. I think Jed Jerko. They're still yeah. paying five mil for him. So yeah. This is last yeah. year of Shields. That's off the books. So, other than Hosmer and Will Myers, who's Will Myers only making five next year. Hosmer's making twenty one. Phil Hughes making thirteen. So outside of those, wow, wow, wow. Phil Hughes is making thirteen next year. Yeah, I think. And we're paying all of that. No, oh, Minnesota's yeah. paying I think five or six, six. Oh, so oh, we're only paying okay. seven, but. So if you think about those three guys, outside of that, I mean, Clayton Richards making three, Stammen making two, Makita making two, Lyles is, has an option. Um, everyone else is either a free agent or arbitration eligible. And you, there's really not anyone who's going to be getting a lot in arbitration. I mean, Spangenberg, he makes 1.7. He's not getting a huge raise. Kirby Yates won't be getting a sizable raise because relief pitchers don't get raises unless they're closers, although the second half might help him a bit if he's not traded. Um, young guys like Margot, Lamette, Hedges, Strom, those guys are not getting raises, you know, huge raises. So, at the end of the day, the Padres' payroll very likely could be no more than 60, 65 million at most. So, I know plenty of people have said this, but I would, I would not be shy this offseason. I would, I would go up to Manny Machado and say, we'll give you 10 years, 350 million, take it or leave it. Wow. Because you look at the long-term payroll for this team, there's really nothing on the yeah. books past... I mean, past 2022, only it's only Myers and Hosmer. That's 43 million between those two in 20 in 2022. 2023, Hosmer is the only contract on the books, and then I think Myers has an option for that year. So, outside of those two guys, there's nothing there. And at that point, even even in 2023, none of these prospects that are top rated are going to be yeah, eligible not, for exactly. unless you sign these guys to you know pre arbitration extensions. They're all going to be in arbitration. And the most players usually make an arbitration. I mean, there's some guys that make 15, 20 million in arbitration near the end. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we can only hope they make Yeah, that. this payroll is so painfully low. And I think the big thing here is that we cannot allow this team to pretend that $100 million is enough for a payroll. I think there's really no reason this team should not be stretching 150. Well, um, yeah, and they've, has already, the money. they've already said they're going to go over 100, right? I mean, that, they've run records. See, that's my that. problem. They say they'll go over 100, but you need to be at 150. League average payroll is about yeah. 150, give or take. There's really no reason why Ron Fowler should not be. He wants to win so bad. He's getting pissed off. You can tell he's pissed off. 
There's yeah. no reason why he should not be willing to, you know, back up the truck. <laughs> in the words of uh, Eric of uh, 5.5, back up the truck and just shower Manny Machado in bills. Um, there's really no reason to not do that at this point. And then, for some reason, he doesn't want to come here. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, I would be fine with Josh Donaldson on, like, a three-year deal. If you give him 25 a year for three years, I mean, I know he's older. He's 32. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not very good on Donaldson. Three-year deal. Three-year deal. Nah, I'm... I'm, I'm... I'm done on Don. Did, did Donaldson test test positive for steroids at any point in his career or PDs? No. Okay. Wow, way to bring that up. So I'm sorry. I don't want to throw him under the bus or anything. But to me, his recent leg issues, his recent constant issues, his recent constant nagging egg, leg, and arm, and to me, he looks like he's fallen off the the deep end, and he's not a player who's going to bounce back. I mean, he was a late developer. He had a great run. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I'd be afraid to give him invest a lot of money in him. But Machado, I, I'm I'm, I'm I would give Machado any. I'm, I'm I mean, four hundred million. I don't give him any amount of money. I don't see him being a huge hamper on the payroll. And he's going to be consistent. He's twenty six years old, so he's not going to age the same way a twenty nine year old does on a contract. Like Eric Hosmer, you thought about what is he going to be year four? Machado is going to be you know twenty nine year four. He's going to be in his yeah times yeah. Too. So I'm not worried about that. And then. Just to kind of throw other names out there, just kind of looking on the list. I like Patrick Corbin a lot, and not just because his name is Patrick. Um, <laughs> he's having a he's having a career year. I mean, he's already at over three WAR, which his career high is three point five. He's already pretty much matched that in only twenty starts. So he's a guy I really like. He's not an ace, but he's he's a hell of a number two. Um, at least he's been that the last few years. I think he's really rounding into form as a twenty nine year old. I mean, he'll probably command over hundred million. But like I said, if you have the money. I think they have the money. I think they should just start throwing money around. All right. Uh, throw it at Manny Machado, right? I mean, just... I mean, A.J. Just... Pollock's another guy I really like, another Arizona Diamondback. Um, he's having another a career year as well. He's up over a 140 WRC+. Plus. Um, he's had some injury problems the last few years, which has been a concern, but he's healthy now, playing well. Um, he's already up to... He's already matched what he did last year um, in twice the playing time in terms of war, so... He's another guy I like a lot. Um, there's some kind of lower pieces that you can kind of see outside of the top maybe 10 guys. Um, obviously, Garrett Richards was a guy I liked until the whole Tommy John thing. Um, Daniel yeah, Murphy's he's... a little older. McCutcheon's a little older. Gio Gonzalez. Uh, bring back Drew Pomerantz, maybe? Uh, I guess Manny Grandal, maybe? <laughs> so, yeah. All, so I think there's there's guys to be had, and I think the Potters should be willing to spend money. And if that's not Manny Machado, I think there's other guys that they could definitely um, open the check, checkbook for. And I think they definitely should because... Um, Eric Hosmer came to town. I think these people say, "Oh, why would you want to play in San Diego?" I mean, th- there's there's some buzz. I mean, these prospects are these aren't slouches. I know they're just prospects, but there is buzz around the game, and there's there's guys that want to play with that young talent. I think that there's, um, I think Manny Machado. That's a good situation. I mean, San Diego is a great place to live. If you pay him a bunch of money, um, that's not a bad situation. So I wouldn't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't see a reason why he wouldn't be interested in at least considering playing here, especially if they can, you know, front $400 million or $300 million or whatever it takes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's an interesting scenario. It, it definitely is. Well, yeah, $35, $40 million a year for players is crazy talk, but he has the youth and the pedigree to justify it, so we'll have to wait and see, I guess, right? Yep, it's going to be a fun, obviously a fun two weeks here for the before the break, and then I think it's going to be a fun offseason for sure. It's going to be a interesting time to well can and, and, and then well, there's also with the Machado thing I mean can you imagine 
signing him away from the Dodgers and seeing Dodger fans just... Ah, yes, that's... I mean, that in itself would be... Yeah, saying they gave I mean, up five prospects for him? And hopefully they don't win this year, because, I mean, if they win this year, they, it, don't, it doesn't matter, they won't even care, but if they gave up all those prospects and then have to watch him for t- the next ten years play against them, oh man, that would just be oh, it'd just be so sweet. I just, see um, no, I just see no reason why the Padres cannot be the highest bidder. I know that there's well, teams like the Yankees and Dodgers who can afford an infinite contract, but there's no reason why we can't at least hang with those teams. Because our payroll is, like I've said, it's dirt It's dirt cheap. So, Do you view Machado as a better player and worth more than Bryce Harper? Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Okay. Do you think that Machado will get more money than Harper? Uh, no, probably week? not. Although, Harper's had a rough year, so I don't really know if... I mean, he hasn't had a rough year. He's been good. I mean, even his down year is, is still, like, 40% better than league average, but... Yeah, yeah. He's he's obviously still a generational superstar, and I think that's without argument, but it's it's a rough it's a rough time to have a, an off year in your walk year. So I still think Harper gets probably $400 million. I think that's... Mm-hmm. he's twenty. I mean, he's 25 years old. You think about... Even if you sign him to a 10-year contract, I mean, you have him for at least six good years, basically, at least, and that's... Some guys age more gracefully than others, so... Yeah, yeah. Har- Harper's been up and down this year, so that's obviously an issue, but you look at his past, I mean, just a couple years ago, he was a, a almost a 10-war player, so... Yeah, you can't I, pass I, that potential. At 25, you could argue he hasn't even reached his peak yet, because he's 25. Most guys reach the peak at 27, 28. I mean, the same can be said for Machado. These guys yes. could only get better, really, in the first couple years of their deal, so... I still I, think I, both I, get at least 300, more likely 400. Oh, they're get yeah, they're getting 300 for sure. Uh... I like the fact that Machado, in his contract year, is having the best year statistically that he's ever had uh, as far as slugging percentage, on-base percentage, OPS, OPS+. I'd also take Machado because I think he's a better, in terms of a clubhouse fit, I think he's better. I also think positionally, obviously, he's a better fit because you need a third baseman. And whether he wants to play shortstop or not, if you send, if you tell him, "Hey, we'll give you four hundred million to shut up and play third, he's going to shut up and play third. So, well, yeah, I mean, but in the meantime, he can warm up the position until the the Messiah is ready. Um, when you look at at when you look when you look at uh, Machado's defensive numbers, he's at a negative one point three defensive WAR this year, according to Baseball Reference, which is yeah, he's yeah, a gold, he's a Gold Glove third baseman, and he's been a kind of shaky. Shortstop. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Uh, yeah. You he's know. definitely not as good at shortstop he, as he's no. He's no Freddie Galvez, right? Oh, please no. Stop. <laughs> you had to ruin this. You had to ruin this, man. We're having a good time, and now we're ending this on a bad note. I like. I, I, I like to take you to the to the red line every once in a while because yeah, man. Now, now, I'm, th- now I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares about Angel De Los Santos. De Los Santos got rocked a second start. Right? I don't so care. I still want. I'd rather him be rocked at uh, in the Padres than have Freddie Galvez uh, on the team. <laughs> But but did you see that play he made up the middle the other day? I where don't he dove care. And... <laughs> I don't care. But his clubhouse presence and the dreadlocks and the chill and attitude. I mean, he's Kevin Acey's favorite player. I mean, Kevin Acey. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. He just is obsessed with the guy. <laughs> Man. All right. Uh, Freddie Galvez is a nice guy. I can tell you. I, met I him. don't he put, care. He put his arm around me. He's, he's a nice guy. I don't know what else to tell you. You looked him in the eyes and you and you saw the love. You saw that. I did. I felt the love. I really did. I'm not. I'm not bullshitting. I did. I really felt. I. You see, I don't care. I, from I, him, I don't really. I know. I know. I know. I know. You don't. And and ultimately, I don't either at this point. But I. Uh, I do have some love for Freddie Galvez, and, and I wish him the best. Um, 
I hate him. No, I'm just kidding. I don't hate him, but it's just like I'd rather him not be on our team at this moment. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it it is what it is, right? I haven't used that in a while, but uh, maybe we can trade uh, him for Adam Jones. <laughs> I swear to God, if they sign Adam Jones this offseason, I will stop watching. I will find a new team. I'm not even joking. You can quote me on that, Craig Meddy. You can you can record this. You can quote me on that. <laughs> he probably is recording. I swear to right God, now, so. I will not be a fan if they signed Adam Jones to anything. Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's I think it's a good place to uh, end. Yeah, I think I think we're good to go on this uh, emergency handless Padres podcast that we uh, we decided to put out late in the evening um we appreciate it don't expect the podcast tomorrow that is for sure um patrick you want to go ahead and take us out of here man i was totally planning on doing a podcast tomorrow now i have to like rework my day well actually i am available tomorrow so if you okay well i had an idea for another podcast maybe we can uh, we'll discuss that um yeah so we're hosting on podbean you can find us there um anywhere you find podcasts apple uh you know stitcher on and on you know the ball i say them all every week um, you can yeah. find us anywhere um, on your podcast feed. In the words of Leisure Fryer, the podcast thingy. Um, if you're going for a walk and you want to listen to a podcast, uh, give us give us a listen. Uh, <laughs> we are East Village Times podcast, uh, and I'll let I'll let James take us out today. Nice, then. Uh, East Village Times podcast, and we are signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast.